0: You believe that today why don't we give the lord a hand clap of praise god i thank you for your presence in this place lord i thank you for being able to have a place to come together with my brothers and sisters to worship you because you hold all things in your hand hallelujah hallelujah he's working on it amen he is working behind the scenes in our life amen we need him What a mighty God we serve. You may be seated at this time. The scripture setting is going to take place in Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. And then I'm going to probably end it 30 through 35. Lord, bless this word today, I pray. Open our hearts and our minds to receive your revelation, Lord, to hear your voice Not just through me, but Lord God, I pray, speak to everyone in this room that we might receive your word and hear what you're saying to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, it says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand Talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and his children, and all that he had in payment to be made. Verse 26 The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. And loosed him and forgave him that debt. That's a big deal. When I read that, I'm like, okay, 10,000 talents, I'm thinking that's a lot, that's a lot of money. But I didn't even realize how much that actually was. The amount that this man owed the king was more than he could ever repay. A talent is a unit of measure of money. And it's often referred to in uh, gold or silver. Some authorities say that a talent typically weighed about 75 pounds. So 75, between 60 and 130, so s- they say about 75 pounds. That's a lot. By today's standards, some have calculated that the servant could have owed his master roughly between 4 and $11 billion dollars. This guy was in debt. That's 750,000 pounds of silver or gold. Whatever the case may be, whatever the actual amount is, this was a number or an amount that the servant could never pay back. This was a big number, and it just shows the graciousness of this king. Now, we read that the servant, he pleaded with this king And the king was moved with compassion and forgave his debt. Now, when we read this, the king was uh, a representation of, of our Lord Jesus. And the servant represented us. Our debt, just so we know, of sin, as a servant to the king, could never be repaid on our own. Amen? The weight of that sin... Is something that we couldn't even move on our own. We could not repay this debt by ourselves, on our own. But because we serve a good and a gracious King. Does anybody believe that? Has God (laughs) done anything in your life? Because we serve a wonderful God, He has paid that price for us. He has paid and forgave us that debt. Amen. So we continue reading in Matthew chapter 18, verse 28 through 30. It says, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thou owest. And the servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. And he would not but went and cast him into prison till he paid his debt. So when we continue to read, we find that this servant then goes to a man. He actually goes to the man after this wonderful thing just happened to him. He goes to the guy who owes him a hundred pence. And uh, that was about some estimates. It's like a, a day's wage, a pence. One pence is a day's wage. So some say that he he owed him between 4 and 7000 in today's money which is a good number but it was nowhere near the amount of, of debt that the forgiven servant just had so in similar fashion the as the forgiven servant this fellow servant pleaded with him and he claimed that he would Pay him back, everything, just like just like the forgiven servant. But he had no patience with him. And he didn't forgive him of that debt. And he sent him to be punished in prison. That's amazing when we read that. This man who was just forgiven of an impossible, unpayable debt, he would not even afford that same mercy to his fellow servant to one of his peers to somebody who was in just as much need of that forgiveness as him he owed him far less but he didn't extend it so as we continue to read and as you can imagine the king was was not happy to hear this and we read in verse 32 it says then the lord after that he had called him said unto him o thou wicked servant i forgave thee all that debt Because thou desiredst me. Shouldest not. Thou also have had compassion. On thy fellow servant. Even as I had pity on thee. And his Lord was wroth. And delivered him. To the tormentors. Till he should pay. All that was due. Unto him. You and I have been forgiven. By the merciful God. Not just put aside. To be remembered. The debt that we've. Has been paid on our part, has not just been put aside, but it has been forgiven and forgotten. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, there is something what the, the price of the sin that we have incurred is something that we could never pay back on our own. And only by the power of Jesus Christ that He forgiven us of that sin and covered that sin. And He has removed that sin as far as the East is from the West. Our sin. Our debt requires death and punishment. But because of the graciousness of a merciful, loving God, we have been forgiven. As if that debt were never there. So, But the Bible is clear. The scripture continues, verse 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not every one. His brother, their trespasses. And we read this, the same kind of thing in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. It says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if ye forgive not their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. We have access to this wonderful, merciful, saving, loving God. And that forgiveness. But it is very <laughs> clear, we must forgive others as well. Amen. If we forgive not others, then we will not be forgiven. When we think about that, it's, it's kind of a hard thing. Well, you know, it, that's, it's a big deal. I mean, I know many of us have all kinds of things that have happened in our life. We can say, I love God. But hate our brother. You know, I love God. I'm following after God. And I'm, I'm doing everything that I can. But I just hate that guy. I do not like that person. And we can say that. But when we read in 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, it says, If any man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. We have a command. We must love our brothers and our sisters. We have been given something so precious. We have been given something that demands death. We should be punished. We should We should reap what we have sown. And But because we have been extended and afforded this wonderful grace and this love and forgiveness, we could, we should absolutely extend that to our brother we don't know all of the the deeds and the things going on behind the scenes in that person's life but we sometimes presume to pick up that that seat of judgment and stand in their place and we think that we should do this and that but we forget about what God has done for us the things that you and I have done are too heavy for us to try to pay back we could not even come close with our best works we cannot do it we cannot earn our way it's because of a gracious merciful and loving king that we serve amen when we hang on to unforgiveness we are denying the working and will of the holy spirit that is in our life leading us into all truth and instead we're hanging on to a curse a weakness a sickness in our spirit that can affect our eternity Sometimes we think by hanging on to that, we're controlling it. We're getting back. We're not going to allow that. But what we are doing, and if we haven't realized it, we're hanging on to poison. We're hanging on to a curse, and we're rejecting the promise that God has for us. That's a, that's a heavy thing. That unforgiveness is like a festering poison that can separate us from God. It's sin. Well, you don't know what he or she did to me. And you're right. I don't know. But what can God do for you? What did God do for you? I don't know all the details. And you know what? I'm sure there's, everybody has some horrible stories. And I'm not saying this is an easy thing. But it's very clear. It's a heart issue. This is a heart issue. And how do I know if, if I have unforgiveness toward my brother or sister, well, oftentimes we do know, but sometimes we might not know. So when you see them, what's the first thing that comes to their mind, with, to your mind? Does their history of failures and shortcomings come to your mind? Does does your pride or arrogance <laughs> rise up whenever you see them? You know, I'm, I'm better than them, you know. Look, they can't even do whatever. Do you still think that you... Could do things better than them. Do you already have a planned comeback in case that opportunity arises? Oh, I'm just waiting for them to mess up and I'm going to jump on them. This is kind of a measure. Have you been mulling over different ways for which you could remind them of their sin? If the chance ever arose that you could say, See, I told you. A lot of times, If you've been a human being for a long time, you've probably been hurt by another human being. I've noticed that from my own self, that other humans can be wretched and mean. And sometimes if we don't deal with it right, it it just burns within us and it hurts. And we, I don't know, anybody ever find themselves mulling over things in their mind, maybe on their drive to work? You just kind of, you seem to really just go down that rabbit hole of offense and hurt and oh man. And before you know it, you have a, a whole scenario in your mind of how much you hate this individual or this situation. And and it just, it hurts you because you're just so mad. And before you know it, you get to work and you're just mad at everyone. And that's a good indicator that you probably got some unresolved stuff going on in the back of your mind and your heart. But you know it's interesting. That same person has a soul or that same situation. And I know, like, let's maybe you're not at that that place where you're able to acknowledge that right now and i'm going to talk a little bit more about being a judge. In fact, Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 says judge not that ye be not judged. Amen. When we stand as the judge or someone else uh, over someone else's sin, then we will be judged by that same measure. We live in a world of failures and shortcomings and there's no one that does good no not one and we think their sin is bad and won't forgive them but in so doing we are sitting as the judge but there's only one judge your judgment will not fall even close to what God's judgment can actually do so as much as we feel like we could get revenge and we could hurt them and do something listen God's judgment is perfect And I'm not saying to like, oh, yeah, well, God's going to get you back. That's not the heart I'm talking about. I'm saying that God is a gracious judge. He's a good judge. He's a just judge. He could take care of that situation better than you and I could ever do it. That's not for us. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So there's things that you and I don't even know what's going on in that person's life in that scenario, in that situation, and oftentimes we rush to judgment, but if you were in their shoes, you might have been doing the same thing, or even worse. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but God does, that doesn't give us the right to judge. We have to, we've been commanded to forgive. It's a heart issue, if not even just for everybody else, but even for our own walk with God, to be able to be sensitive to the voice of God, because when we do, we're drinking that cup of poison, and we're hurting our own self. We're destroying and separating and keeping ourselves from the will of God and from our eternity with God. Forgiveness is a serious thing. It's a big deal in my life and in everyone's life, in our pursuit and relationship with God. Because at the end of the day, whatever idea, whatever concoction of plan of vengeance that you might have can't come close to what God can actually do. In fact, if we if you actually follow with what the Bible says and you pray for that individual and you start praying for those people who are hurting you, as hard as it might be, you might realize that there's some things going on. In fact, maybe you'll develop a love for that person because you know what? That person and the road that they're on is going to lead them to death. And, and as a, a, a child of God and you realize the importance and of one soul and the fact that eternity is forever. And sometimes we just settle on all of their flaws, but at the end of the day, they will stand before God and they will face an eternity. That's not just a, a quick punishment and a throw them in jail. That's forever. And part of our understanding and our relationship and showing this grace, and it, we, it's a heart issue. We have been given something so precious that I don't even know. I think we forget oftentimes because we deserve death. We deserve punishment. But because of a gracious God, he has extended that. Grace to us, and we are to be uh, followers of Christ. That word followers in Ephesians is, is imitators of Christ. We are to show that same graciousness to others. So, I'm getting off of my path here. When Christ sees his children, he sees his blood and his name applied to their account. When we see our brothers and our sisters, we should... See his blood and his name on their account. If we harbor unforgiveness and ill will toward others, we are inviting this sin and this death and this separation from God into our hearts. Human beings seem to have this innate desire to beat others and to win. If you don't believe me, next time you're at a red light, accelerate quickly when it turns green. It doesn't matter if the person next to you is 16 or 60, you're most likely in for a race. I don't know if you guys ever seen that. Just notice so you're at a red light and it turns green, just go fast, everybody will race you. I don't know why. Most of the time, someone's gonna try to beat you. It's just in us, you're like, you're not getting it, from, I'm getting that spot. That's just the way we are. We gotta win, we gotta, we gotta beat him. But my friends, this is a race That we must not win. For victory in this case comes from losing. Giving up the right to avenge your position. To get back from the place you're in. The Bible says in Matthew 19.30. But many that are first shall be last. And the last shall be first. If any man desire to be first. That same shall be last of all. And servant of all. That's a tough. Tough thing to swallow. We want to be first. We got to be last. That means we got to be willing to give up some things. That means that humility. That means laying aside our pride. And our arrogance to be led of the spirit. And saying God what is it that you want. Souls matter. People matter. Jesus took. Our sin and paid. That ultimate price. We are therefore debtors. And have been bought with a price. A price that you and I could never repay. So you and I cannot be free from the bondage. And enjoy the life that the Lord truly has for us. If we have been harboring, harboring unforgiveness in our heart. We cannot be unified if we don't let the love of God work through us, and forgive one another. It's so hard for us to be able to live. Oftentimes, the very ingredient, the very thing that you and I are struggling with might be that person or that situation in your life that you've not forgiven of somebody else, especially as a church. The theme this year, being all things together, I think that when we come together in, in, in the church, this is something that we need to, to start doing is remember, I have to forgive my brother. You know what I'm surrounded by? Imperfect people. But God is perfect. I got to look at and be led of the Holy Ghost. You know what? I need to start allowing the agape love of the Holy Ghost in my life to work in and through me. That's unconditional. That's a sacrificial love. That's the kind of love that I need to be able to show because I need it. I need somebody to love me the way that God loves me, because I'm not perfect. I struggle. I I go through hard times, and that's the kind of love we need, because listen, you're surrounded. I don't care what church you go to. You're going to find some broken human beings, but here's the thing. God is perfect, and we love him, and we are trying to get to know him better, and as we continue to get him to know him better, we should realize that His love moves beyond all of our issues and our problems. We need to love one another. The great commandment is to love God and to love people. We need to be able to step out. We will not be unified if we are walking around with grudges and unforgiveness. When we look around and all we see is broken people and and problems and issues, there will not be unity. There will not be things together. And that's an issue that you can't blame on somebody else because it's going to come up out of you. You. Out of me. I need to work on me. And, and this is something that as the, the children of God, as the church, as the body, at any church, any, any building, any location where there are people together, we need to remember that we are weak and lowly and do not deserve the goodness that God has shown us. I don't care if you're, your sin you feel is just little compared to somebody else's it doesn't matter sin separates us from god so yes you you might we we categorize some sins as worse than others but we're not that judge you we cannot judge them the way that god can judge them so you know what let's not even try let's love them that's what we're called to do that's what we're commanded to do we need to love our brother amen is this okay does this make any sense to anybody? It made sense to me because I need somebody to love me and hug me. <laughs> Afterwards, I'll be giving free hugs over there. <clears throat> and uh, you know what? Let's just go ahead and um, let's go ahead and, and stand. I don't have much more to go. I, I had just this set of scripture. If we could all stand. This was something that I didn't anticipate teaching on but it kind of hit me really hard it's probably that guy I need to forgive (laughs) sorry no we all got some history everyone has something And some of our situations are very very tough and there is a a right way to approach it I don't want us to just I'm not trying to paint just a broad brush and saying you know go to that person and give them a hug now some of them are a little bit more difficult but if we continue to to pray about it and let God lead us, there's a right way to approach it. And I tell you what, the freedom from that. Some of that, some holding on to bitterness, holding on to unforgiveness, it, it is a cancer. It can physically make us sick. It can hurt us. We we don't even know sometimes. We're building up this whole thing in our life where it's everybody else. It's all their problems. And when we do that, we're just allowing uh the devil, we're allowing sin to just grow within us. We're allowing that poison to eat us up, and it, it is a cancer that will kill us and separate us from God. Amen. We need to remember that it's because of His grace; it's His Spirit that leads us unto all truth. Amen. I'm, I'm sorry, you're standing. So let's go ahead, and I want us to pray for just a moment, and I want us to be a little bit mindful for the next few moments of maybe a situation in our life. Maybe there's an individual, and let's pray and ask God to help us. Right now, all across this room, in Jesus' name, Father, I pray that you would continue, Lord, to show us. Father, I thank you for the goodness of your mercy and grace that you have shown me. Lord God, the things that I have done that you have forgiven me of. Lord, that you have washed away as far as the east is from the west. Lord, your love and your understanding and your mercy in my life, Lord, is so precious and wonderful. I pray bring to my own mind and understanding the things that I might be holding on to. The sin that I might be holding on The unforgiveness. The the problem, the situations that I need to work on, Lord, I pray not only to bring it to my understanding, but Lord, how to proceed, how to move forward with this, how to work on it, how to deal and interact, Lord. I give you this situation right now in Jesus' name. I pray that you would move according to each of the needs, Lord, all across this room, that when we would leave here today, that it would not just be a word that we put in our pocket, but Father, that it would be something that we hang on to and that we be mindful of. Lord, I cannot allow bitterness and hatred and unforgiveness to run rampant in my life because I cannot be unified. I cannot be a part of a unified church if I am walking around and and hating people. I pray in Jesus' name, Father, continue to cleanse this church and, and each individual, Lord. You know the needs of our life, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and clap our hands across this room. Oh, he has been good to me. Hallelujah, you have been good to me, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and uh, greet one another. We're going to uh, open up the, the altar here in a little bit where we can just spend a little time in prayer before service. God bless you.